I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I do not know what's going on. Oh my gosh, my freaking got a $4,000 hospital bill. Dude, never, never go to the emergency room. That's the thing. So, God, moving here sucks. It absolutely fucking sucks. I don't know anybody. I don't have anything to do ever. Like, I'll work, but my job in of itself is just so... It's, I don't deal with anybody. I don't see anybody. If I'm talking to anybody, it's over the phone. And they're usually about 100 years older than I am. Golly. And so, like, I don't know, a month and a half ago or whatever, I am on my fucking inverter machine, and my feet are in the air, and I'm kind of stretching out my spine. And all of a sudden, that fucking thing snaps. And I go headfirst into the floor. I swear to God, I thought I was, I thought I was paralyzed. I mean... I could feel just my neck just cracked. This was the first thing in the morning, right? And I'm in my apartment. I'm screaming. I'm like screaming at the top of my lungs. Nobody hears me for some fucking reason. Um, I think it was like a, I don't know if it was a, no, it was a weekday. It was a weekday. So people were like, oh, he's probably, I don't know, (laughs) doing something. I was not having a good time though, people. Fucking neighbors. And so I'm like, yo, I'm so, I'm, my whole, the left side of my body is just stuck. It's stuck. Like, I'm, I'm convinced that I've, like, hurt myself very, very badly. And I've done some pretty um, irreversible, you know, spinal damage or whatever. So I'm left with no option other than to call an ambulance. And they come in a decent amount of time. Surprisingly, I'm able to kind of get dressed even though I'm in so much pain. And then go into the uh, fucking ambulance. They give me, uh, I think they gave me fentanyl. And um, I'm like, man, can I get, can I get uh, some, some of that to, to go? Got a take-home box for fentanyl. <clears throat> and then I'm, tra- I'm, I'm driven to, and, and as I'm thinking this, I'm like, I'm in so much pain, but I'm going to be fucking pussy whipped with the biggest hospital bill ever and I was so I go there and I don't know I'm just I'm just so alone (laughs) literally just me and it's there's just I'm just in this room I'm like what am I doing with my life and lo lo and behold they don't do anything they they just said it was a sprain so I'm like great all this for fucking nothing I wish that I would have fucking paralyzed myself um and so they discharged me lol and as I'm being discharged, I get an Uber home, and I'm like, "This is gonna be the most expensive thing." Lo and behold, four grand, four thousand dollars. So that includes like a five, like a six hundred dollar ambulance ride, a one thousand dollar doctor bill just to pay the fucking doctor to go to walk in my room and go, "Oh uh, yeah, you're, uh, it's not, uh, you're, you're fine. It's just a sprain. All right, have a good day." That's it. That costs a thousand dollars. And then, you know, I guess taking up the room for like an hour and a half or so, doing a fucking x-ray, whatever they do, um, a little bit of fentanyl. Total cost comes to about four grand. So, gosh, it's making me so happy to be an American. This whole idea of American exceptionalism is halfway true. I don't know. <clears throat> I just think we're, we're fucked healthcare-wise. When you live abroad... And you go and you fucking, dude, I I went to, I went, I got a whole like dental cleaning 
with like national insurance. I just, I just called them and was like, Hey, I need to go get my, I needed like a full cleaning. And they're like, yeah, sure. And then like the next day I just go in at whatever o'clock and they just sit me down at the table and out of pocket, out of pocket. This is a full on dental cleaning. You know how much that, you know how much that cost me? 20 us dollars two zero in Japan. And then you come back here and I don't know. In my opinion, they didn't fucking do anything other than give me fentanyl and tell me the great news. That's not $4,000 worth. So, yeah, we're out about four grand. Don't you love it? Afghanistan is not doing too well. I hear, I hear Afghanistan is not doing too well. Now, I'm trying to make light of it, trying to write some jokes about it. I don't fucking know. I don't know your opinion about the U.S. pulling out of Afghanistan, but I've never seen that many lives fall from an aircraft since after I joined the Mile High Club. And the flight attendant just threw her, you know, after Jiztel out of the emergency chute. That's one joke I wrote. And it didn't land. (laughs) I can tell by the silence of the room of the listeners. You weren't prepared for it. Let me do that again. Okay, so so I'm in the Mile High Club with a flight attendant. And I give her the towel, and she's like, we got to get rid of this evidence. we got to discharge of this evidence. And, again, I laugh because she's a discharge. I can throw it through the emergency chute, she said. That way they can't find it. I'm like, sweet. So she opens the emergency chute, and the towel just goes flying 30,000 feet. I mean, if that hits a, you know, a cow or, a, you know, a farm animal flying over, you know, northwest Kansas, what are you going to do, Right. Northwest, where are my Northwest Kansanites at? Um, yeah, so, fuck, man. So what am I doing to, to take up my time? Well, we are doing absolutely fucking nothing! Um, falling into old habits, into fucking uh, depression, into swearing a lot, things I don't like to be or do. Um, and I love running. And there are these trails around here. And, but every time I go running, my foot feels like I have a fucking stress fracture. And so I think it's a, uh, a bone spur. Got a bone spur in my toe. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. I've just been thinking of stupid things to say and trying to do stand up, even though I hate it. I mean, I like it, but it's just, here's, here's the thing. It's writing your own stuff which is okay, I can do that. And then it's memorizing your own stuff, which is just work at work ethic, which I can do. And then you going up your perform and then I just started. It's so funny how you can like rehearse in your own little room for, you know, an afternoon. And then you go up and do the three or four minutes that you try to, and then everything goes out the fucking window or out the door. And it's just funny. <sighs> so I don't know. I honestly think that I am the, um, I don't know what's haphazard. I'm you would, you would think that every that the things that I've been doing since I was like 18, like going to school, having not visited there, transferring, moving to Chicago, a place that I've never been before, signing an apartment without even visiting it, not know, you know what I mean? Um, and then moving to Japan, which is a great experience, by the way, I love Japan. But just on a whim, 
I mean, yeah, I got a great job out there and was there for 13 months. But like people, I don't know, man. I just don't feel like 20, you know, mid 20 year old guys just do that. You know what I mean? Especially when you want stability, you want something good in your life, but you're just like picking up and moving in a modern sense. It's just, it's very cool. And it's what I kind of have to do. Dude, I have no skills. I can't work in a corporate setting. I can't work in a, in a, even just working at like a restaurant. I'm just like, this sucks, dude. Sitting down at a, maybe sitting down and doing like whatever all day. No, man, dude. So I have to, I have to put myself in these really stupid, uncomfortable life scenarios. Like, I don't know, without any security, really. The only security I've had was those, were those 13 months in Japan. Because they, t I mean, I got, I was taken care of pretty, pretty well. You know what I mean? It's just the fact when, like, like now, I'm, I'm a normal person, and I guess normalcy is an interesting thing. Because nor, because I'm, I'm, I'm normal now. Meaning, I pay rent, I pay for every, I pay for my food, I pay for my whatever, insurance, whatever, gas, all that stuff. And you work, and there's no, not even gonna guarantee with freaking work. You know what I mean? Um, but if I do well, it's good money. So whatever. And then it's just on top. It's just, I don't know anybody here, man. And I don't know why I did this. I kind of do. Here's, here's why I moved to Austin and then I'll tell you why I'm regretting it. So I get done with Japan. This is mid April. So I fly from Japan back to the United States mid April and I fly back to Iowa and I don't want to stay in Iowa. There's nothing really there for me. Um, so I'm there for a couple of months and I'm like, okay, well, I want to live in a place that's relatively affordable and maybe a place where I could start, you know, pursuing stand-up comedy. I can further my writing. And it's so it just becomes, you know, between Chicago and then um, uh, Florida and uh, Texas. Um, and I'm just like, well, you know, probably not Florida because they don't have much of a stand-up scene. I don't know if I want to be there. Ness, I don't know. Um, and then Austin is, hey, there's a lot of you know good stuff happening here. Um, it's relatively affordable. Um, there's no state income tax, which is great. Um, there's just a little bit higher sales tax, tax, which is okay. Um, stand-up scene. There's theater. There's music. There's young people. So. I'm like, all right, let's just let's just go here. And I don't want to go back to Chicago because like the biggest factor was honestly the weather. Like I did not want to go through another Midwest winter again. Like that polar vortex. Remember when <laughs> Jesse Smollett, that whole thing went down? And yeah, I was there during that time. It was freezing, okay? And it was everything was closed down. Everything was closed down. And the snow was just it was just unreal. It was horrible. Oh my God. And dude, going on dates in Chicago during like bad dates. Okay. When I, when I've been going on, <laughs> here's the thing is like, I remember one time I went on a date with a girl. I don't know how we met or whatever. This is a while ago. I think her name is Natalie. So Natalie and I meet in, um, like around Northwestern university. What's that place called? What's the town in North? It's the fuck. It's the place where Northwestern University is. Evanston. 
So she's in Evanston. I'm like downtown Chicago. I go up to Evanston. I take a train. Um, and we go to like this restaurant or whatever. And she is, I cannot tell you how dull and how one-sided conversation this just turned out to be. Uh, and uh, it was just like, oh, she's like pretty and whatever. She's young. We were like the same age and she like works out and I tr- work out. And when you get to the date, it's like talking to a brick wall and you're just, that's the worst date for, I guess, a man. It's like when you're, um, we were texting before and like, this is great. And then you get there and she could not be any more boring. And this was like February. It was freezing. And I'm like, okay, it was nice seeing you, which is, you know, I guess a polite way to say I'm never going to see you again. And and here's the, here's the worst thing. is like when we got there, it's like she just ordered fries. Like what a bitch. When you go to a date and you just order fries and you get – that was the only time she laughed. I'm just like, oh, how are the fries? And she's like, good, I love fries. <laughs> and I'm just like <sighs> – you're miserable. I'm miserable. Whatever. So Natalie waits patiently, at least drives me to the train station. She doesn't drive me home. She drives me to the nearest train station. And, um, I'm just like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just go out and wait. So I remember going up and in Chicago, this train station and people in Chicago know this. When you go to a train station and it's late and it's freezing, there's no like there's no station. It's just outside. So I'm just, I'm freezing in February. The sign says the next train's in 20 minutes. And I just about pee myself. I think, I think, yeah, I just go, I go, I leave the train station, which means when I come back out to pay again, if I leave the train station, I pee like in the middle of nowhere, come back up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely awful. So thanks for the great time, Natalie. Good Lord. Good Lord. And dating here absolutely sucks. I guess dating everywhere sucks. Dating in today's culture just sucks. You, (laughs) men and women are so different. We're so different. And like when you're 27 and you're looking at people who are also like 27-ish, it's like you're, first of all, all of my friends are married. I'm the only single, they're all married. They're all solidified, they're done forever. Um, and so it's either like you're all married or like you are just trying to figure out who you are, I guess, still. Even though it's like, how the fuck can you tell me that you all, you're all figured out? You're, you're fucking my age, okay? And shut up. So that's what I say to all American. Shut up. It's like when people, like when married people are like, oh, it's going to be okay. Da, 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 just be yourself. It's like, shut the fuck up. Shut your fucking mouth. You, you got to love, your- shut up. I love myself more than I love you, than you love yourself. Okay. <laughs> you stupid idiot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I want every married couple get divorced now and then go out in the wild. Like we are, you're going to fucking hang yourself. Because it's so it's so frustrating to the point where I don't, I don't even try anymore. Why why try? Why after and then also after like being and I've been in a hand not a handful a little less than a handful of very serious relationships. Um, and you know I'm never gonna ta- I I made it a point to never talk badly about my exes. Um, but 
when you're in in a serious relationship, like it's so nice being comfortable with somebody. And then going from like serious relationship or being very, very close with someone on an intimate level to where, and then going from there to like, what's your favorite color? Where are you from? What do you do for work? Absolutely fucking sucks. It sucks. It's like, it's like being drafted to the first round NFL, winning a like winning a Super Bowl, and then the next season being like, okay, we need you to audition for the junior varsity football team of this stupid little high school. It's like I was in the Super Bowl, okay? I'm not, but but there's no option. There's no. That's how you play. It's like, what if you had to go <laughs> to you win the Super Bowl and then everybody next year like starts back at junior varsity? That's why dating is so frustrating is because when you've had what you want, like a serious relationship, you don't want, you, you just don't go back. You just don't want to. And like, ugh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And so how, how do you counter that? How, here's my question, everybody. How do you counter like not wanting to be so lonely that you want to spoon your eyes out with a with a paring knife, right? How do you balance that desire out with, you know, going back to junior varsity, going back to junior high? Because that's what it is. Like, because that, that's the only way to do it. You can only, you can't just get on with somebody immediately and not have the, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Kentucky. Oh, no way. I'm from Iowa, which rhymes with Kentucky, right? Uh, maybe, I don't know. I never would go back to third grade. Oh, cool. I was a third grader when I was in third grade. That stuff, okay? <laughs> oh, do you like seafood? Oh, I love seafood. What's your favorite seafood? I like the food, that, that, the ones that are in the sea. Oh, what's the difference between the sea and an ocean? I don't know, but let me, let me load this fucking, you know, six round Glock before I shoot myself in the head before this date ends. Okay. <laughs> and so I delete Tinder. I'm still on the Bumble, which is stupid i think it's just because you know there there's a little there's a slight chance that you will win the lottery <laughs> fuck me dad dude so so what what do you do little one what do you do little chris by the way this is the first time i've been talking for more than like 20 seconds the entire i've yesterday the day before and the day before that three days in a row i've talked to zero people i've opened my mouth zero i've had zero conversations i've woken up i've gone to the gym and then i come back home and when i come back home i don't talk to anybody i don't i don't even talk to my own family good god maybe you just got to put yourself out there chris hey chris maybe just put yourself out there i fucking do oh my god Here's something fucking, and sorry if you're listening to this with small children, but why are you listening to this with small children? <laughs> Here, here's something funny. So I build up, and here's the thing, is like putting yourself out there. I've, I didn't, I, no one, no one puts themselves out there more than I fucking do, okay? Case in point, just a few days ago, I 
am leaving my apartment, and at the same time, the girl across the way is also leaving her apartment. So we live probably, I don't know, 20 feet from each other. So we left our apartment at the same time, and I go, hey, how's it going? And she goes, hey, how's it going? And that's our first conversation we ever had. I walk downstairs, I go to the gym. And then as I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'd like to get to know her. I like to just say hi. We're neighbors. I've lived here for like three months. I don't know how long she's lived here, but that's like the first time I've seen her. I didn't know there was, I mean, I knew someone was there. I didn't know it was her. And so that night I have cookies left over from McDonald's. I had some McDonald's cookies left over and I'm like, hey, as a good neighbor, I'll go over, I'll knock on her door and I'll be like, hey, my name's Chris. I live across the way. Um, I have some cookies. Um, here are some cookies. Have a beautiful day. And that's all I was planning to do. I was like, hey, I'm your neighbor. Here's a neighbor gift, okay? Because that's what people fucking do. So I knock on her door and she wasn't there. And I said, okay, no worries. The next day, same thing. I knock on her door. She's not there. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go back and after the second time, I just write her a note a note and I say, hi, um, I'm Chris. I live in this, in the apartment right over there. Um, you know, I work from home a lot. I haven't met you yet. Um, if you ever want to hang out, just let me know. Um, I'm new to Austin, that kind of deal. Very not like threatening at all. And then the next day I walk out of my apartment and the note's gone, meaning she definitely, you know, took it and read it. I leave my number on there and everything. And that was about a week ago. And guess who never fucking responded? That girl. That lonely woman. And that's that's what I don't that's what I don't get. It's like if someone left a if someone left a note on my door, clearly like, hey, um, I'm new here. I don't have any friends. I I, I think I remember saying, like, I don't know anybody here. I'm new here. Da-da-da. Like at least have the courtesy to be like, hey, I got your note. Sorry, I'm allergic to whatever. You know, at least just acknowledge that you got it. That's why That's why I don't, I don't know. I don't get you ladies. Because it seems like whenever I make just a move out of decency or a gesture out of decency, it's like rejected. It's like a threat. Every Everything is like seen as a threat. And that's what I don't understand is like, People who want to like seek genuine relationships do, and then they get just shat on, or no, I'm sorry, they don't get they get ignored. Like the amount of ignoring that goes on is unreal, is unreal. We're just like, hey, thank you for like th- da 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 da, you know. <sighs> so that's why I don't put myself out there anymore, and it's rejection it's ignoring it's just it's digging a massive hole it's it's like and it takes effort it takes fucking effort and courage like getting rejected by a girl is the worst thing ever it's the worst fucking feeling and even though that happens like and people and guys like still try to like talk to you that that's like a huge thing imagine doing imagine doing something imagine doing the scariest thing Ladies, whoever, and I know no women listen to this podcast, but ladies, imagine doing the scariest thing and then having that scary thing, like having the, your worst fear come true with that scary thing, 
but you keep on doing that scary thing every now and again just because one day you hope that that scary thing is going to like not happen. Ugh, I don't fucking know. And I clearly I clearly don't know. Is there something wrong that I'm doing? Huh, ladies? It is me going, hi, I'm Chris. I'm new. Maybe let's hang out. Is that, is that too threatening? Huh? Should I lower the threat level? <sighs> I, should just, I, should, I, should, I should just write a note that says, I've been watching you. I know your license plate. I know your work. And then just attach photos of like her <laughs> at, a, at like gas stations and stuff. I've seen you. Because that's that's I might as I might as well just say that for the comedic purposes, because being Mister Nice doesn't fucking work anymore. Oh my gosh, he treats me so well. I gosh, there's there. Sh shout out to Jelly Castro, who is a female friend of mine. We met in Chicago um, for work uh, during work, and <laughs> she has a wonderful partner. And uh, according to her, he treats her like a queen, like an absolute queen. And she's super kind to everybody, men to women. She gives you time of day. She gives you advice. She's um, she has kids, so she's she's wise, you know. And it's like, why aren't why aren't more of you in the world, huh? Why are why are versions of you? Other women, just so shallow. Um, hi, I'm I'm Chris. It's like, uh, uh, do I know you? It's like, no, you don't. Clearly, you don't fucking know me. Okay, that's why I'm introducing myself to you because we don't know each other. And maybe if we get to know each other, maybe uh, you know, you might enjoy knowing me, and I might enjoy knowing you. Okay. Because some of the most, uh, like the coolest people, or not the cool, but like, you know, the most genuine connection I've had with people are people who I just like meet, right? Like, or I work with, or I just go up to and say hi to. Because that, that's what people fucking do, okay? Because that's what people had to do when there were no phones that would connect us all in the world immediately. <laughs> Uh, my name is Travis. I like to go to the store and uh, I like to go drink on uh, my weekends and I work at the construction factory. Oh my gosh, Travis. My name is Sheila and I like to drink too and I work at the factory next to yours. Maybe one time after work we should, you know, uh, go to the zoo and then go get some drinks. Get some jungle juice with the zoo, cause I like monkeys. What's your favorite animal? Oh my gosh, Sheila, that's amazing. I like sharks. Oh, that's cool. I like. Have you heard of the monkey shark? That doesn't exist. What is a monkey shark? A monkey shark is when you take a monkey and you attach it to a shark. Okay, that's how people used to talk, and now, <laughs> and by the way, those are some great times. And now, this is how people talk. Uh, hey, it's uh. And then the girl's like, what? I said, hey, what's up? Uh, do I know you? And she pulls out her phone and he pulls out his phone. And they're both talking to each other while staring at their little screens. Do I know you? Uh, 
I'm on the lacrosse team. Can I have your Snapchat? What? I don't... Why? What are your name? And your is spelled Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. It's like, what's your? What's your name? That kills me. The illiteracy rate among these shallow... Can I say the C word on the show? Huh? Good God. But here's some great advice that I received from a person that I met. Um, This guy is a friend of my mom's. They work together. And I recently went back home for a couple of days and he picked me up at the airport. He gave me some great advice. He goes, if you want to find a wife. And I'm like, okay. Because if and I didn't even ask, he just was talking. If you want to find a wife, go to the Philippines. And I'm like, dude, sold, sold. Dude, there's just something about Asian women that are so much better than everybody else. Everybody else. It's like they just they care. They're genuine. They look you in the eye. Dude, when I was in Japan, every interaction I've had, every interaction I had with a Japanese person, I would always be fascinated by the eye contact. They would burn a freaking hole into your soul. They would just put two freaking lasers right through yours. Everyone, everyone, convenience store employees, um, you know, regular people, servers at restaurants, anybody. Anybody that was Japanese, if you gave them any, it's asking strangers for directions at a train station, they, they'll burn a, a hole in your soul with their eye contact. And here, it's like everyone's looking down, away, up, every three, what the hell, man? Can we all just sit? Can we chill out with the Adderall? Can we chill out with the caffeine, please, people? Okay, can we stop being so hiked up on, you know, Adderall and fentanyl and morphine all the time? Please, maybe chill out with the Oxycontin there, um, you know, Sophie. <laughs> we have a fucking conversation like real people. I digress. Uh, so what we were talking about? Afghanistan, Texas, and Washington. <laughs> Good God. All right, so I guess, here, we should do a little bit of research. I guess, I'm not going to type anything. We're just going to, here, here's how I here's how I digest the news. I see headlines, and then I kind of forget slash remember what they say and then i just have an opinion on them based on me rambling okay so here's the thing texas made abortion illegal right (laughs) so here here's my opinion um i think uh so if you're gonna do that i think um condoms are gonna be you know there's gonna be more of those People are going to become frustrated, all right? There's going to be a condom mandate, just like there's going to be a mask mandate, okay? Um, I'm going to lose my shit at, you know, a CVS employee because, you know, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, I guess you can't get an abortion in Texas anymore. So I'm offering... um, those services out of my apartment. Now I know what you're going to, I know what you're saying. Is it safe? Is it effective? Yes, it is. I am a professional. I've been doing this for, um, many minutes. Okay. We're in double digits and it's very sad. 
I think I need to cut this part out of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Good God, Chris. What am I talking about? Maybe I'm just in such dire need for love. Dude, oh, here's here's something interesting. I saw a TikTok of a stripper and God bless the strippers because they are famous now. Isn't that funny how like back when we were kid, I was a kid, like in middle school, I remember the show, the the show with uh, Hugh Hefner and the Playboy. I forget the name of the show, but it was a show where, you know, it's the reality show of like the Playmates. Okay. And my little perverted ass would come <laughs> home early and be like, oh my gosh, I hope you know, mom doesn't catch me watching this. And there was like a password to get, cause we, cause my mom put a pat, but I figured it out. Um, <laughs> what was I even talking about? Oh yeah. Strippers. Cause back in the day it was like, oh my gosh, it was taboo to even watch a reality show about the playboy bunnies. You wouldn't even see anything nudity. You know what I mean? But as a kid, you'd be like, oh, that's like the forbidden place. And now like strippers are like they're driving Maseratis, they're living life, they have their own house, they they like here's my and the, I the thing about TikTok, it's so funny how little effort and energy they they're like, uh yeah, this is my day in life of a stripper. So I get to the club at like ten. I park and then there's a little cat I like to feed. I go up and here's our locker room. Say hi, girls. And all the girls are like, hey. no one gives a shit. The amount of energy. And back in the day, the Playboy girls would be like, hi, I'm Holly Madison. And welcome to the Playboy Mansion. She'd open the door and like 15 of them would go, Woo! and then they'd play that song. And now it's just like, hi, my name's Daphne. <laughs> I work at the club. Here's the day in the life. And I get home at about 3.30. We made a decent amount of money. I'll see you in my next thing. And it's just like, God, the level of enthusiasm has dropped. So yeah, get home, watch that. <laughs> and then the stripper, okay, back to the stripper story. The stripper told a story about one how one time a guy came in and <clears throat> ordered a private lap dance. And then she... Uh, she gave him the private lap dance and then he was crying. He was bawling his eyes out, handed the girl $80 and then was just like, thank you so much and left the club. And it's like, oh yeah, because he was dying of the lack of human um, contact. And honestly, dude, I fucking, I, you feel for that guy. Like half of me is like, oh my gosh, that's kind of sad that the dude went to a strip club, paid a girl $80 um, which is a decent amount of money for anything that's going to last 10 minutes or whatever. <laughs> and then left crying because he hasn't, he just hasn't been touched. We're so isolated. We're so isolated in America. T dude, when I was in Japan, you could just sense the, the, um, the loneliness there too, man, especially with COVID man. Cause they take that shit so seriously. And I remember I was walking, um, or I was biking home one night. I say night, it was six o'clock in the evening, six o'clock PM on like a Thursday at, this is, uh, and this was, um, Dotonbori. This was like, um, downtown Osaka. This is like, imagine going to like, I don't know, fucking like, um, whatever, wherever your party district is in that near nearby city, like going to Chicago and going like, you know, downtown Chicago or whatever. And then at six o'clock in the after, just seeing nothing like, and it was so dead. And this is like, this is where 
isn't this like the party capital of, of Japan? All all the businesses were closed, were shut, were shut up. I mean, they were open until like six and they had to close down. And I'm like, people are suffering so much right now. <clears throat> like loneliness is out of control. And in Japan, it's worse, man. It's so bad. And I'm not saying that to criticize. I'm just saying that because it's like you, your heart goes out to these people because like, <clears throat> I don't know, tradi- like traditionally in Japan, and I'm probably, I don't know, I don't know if I'm right about this, but from what I observed and what I've heard from my Japanese friends is that like, if you're a single male or a single female, when you move out of your parents' house, like it's very normal for you to live alone and everyone is living in their little apartment alone. And like, if you're 23 and you just moved from a small town in Japan to like Osaka, like you're living alone. And you're the only people you really know are, you know, from work and like they're all living alone. And during COVID, like everyone was just locked down and alone and so alone. And then there's just this small minority of people who were just like, you know, had a great had a great hand where they were probably already in like relationships or they were married or they, you know, had their family or whatever. <laughs> And they just weren't so isolated. Dude, that's like the one very interesting mystery about the human experience is what isolation does to people. I'm not talking about, you know, being a feeling lonely for like a day or two. I'm talking about like months, months worth of even like trying to like find human contact is you know and then like if you're gonna like go out like where are you gonna go that's that's like the frustrating thing for me that's why i'm so kind of concerned with my fucking mental health you know it's like i dude i'm i love being social i love having quality time with people i care about but like dude i don't know anybody here and i'm horrible at approaching people and you know making small talk it's like you know you only know people based on like work and like when I work, I'm just by, I'm literally by myself. I'm by myself. I set up by myself. I do all my shows by myself. I sell by myself. <clears throat> it's 100% my thing. Um, I'm scheduled by people who are in Florida, <laughs> but I do, I do all the work. And then I'm surrounded by people who are like 50 years older than I am. You know, I'm always the youngest guy at these shows. <clears throat> and then I just go back to my hotel room alone. Or I'm just so exhausted from being on my feet doing shows all day that I just fucking, you know. Ugh, Lord. And Bumble and Tinder are just, no. They don't I, They don't work when you're, like, here's the thing. And I've been told this. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, like, I'm, I'm 5'10". I'm not short. I'm not tall. I'm in pretty good shape. Like, when I... I don't, I don't mean to brag, but like when I, when I'm in shorts and I'm just in shorts, like I look pretty good. Okay. I'm a pretty healthy guy. Um, I work out, so I have, you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm not trying to say anything about that. I'm just saying like, you know, but I'm not like super attractive and I get that. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm literally bald. Okay. I can't grow hair and the hair that I do grow is red. Okay. Um, but like, you know, if I'm, if I'm walking around like just in shorts, like I'm, I'm decent. Okay. I'm not like, you know, whatever, 
But with that being said, I'm also not like tall. So if there's like a group of like guys who are anything above like six foot four walking around, I'm just like, nope, other way, <laughs> like other way. Um, and then I don't ever go up fucking outside. So it's like, you know, and I don't drink. I, I try to eat good, eat, you know, decently. So like, you know, I don't go out. I also don't fucking, you know what I mean? It's like, so how do I, I guess this is also like a, a question of how do I, you know, remedy being so lonely and also like, you know, I don't want to go out past 10 o'clock, you know, I don't want to put on these fucking clothes just to like go to a place and just drink alone is the saddest thing. You know what I mean? I don't know. But like, and for some reason, I don't know. I think, and, um, this is just true or just based on experience, but, and I'm not saying, I'm just saying this because it's true is, uh, I attract a lot of gay men and my, a lot of my best, I mean, yeah, a lot of my best friends are gay. Um, and it's great. Um, and I love having gay men as friends and, um, but I think, I don't know. I think there might just be something about me because I've been approached by, um, gay men who think I'm gay and they ask me, and I'm like, Oh no, no, no. You know? Um, but, um, I guess it's just the vibe I give off. I don't know. Which is so funny. Um, here, here's a funny story. <clears throat> when I was in college and, um, for a little bit of context, I've always been very oblivious. <clears throat> so I'm just, I'm just a very oblivious, I'm klutzy. I'm that kind of guy. So I was with my girlfriend at the time and her best friend. It was the three of us and we are, you know, 22, 21, 22 at the time. And we go to Pittsburgh for like a day or whatever. And it's me, my girlfriend and her friend. Um, and we're all sitting in Starbucks and I go up to the counter and I'm like, Hey, can I have a, a green tea? And he's like, sure. And he's like, Oh, so sorry. The, like the credit card machine isn't working. And then I'm like, Oh, okay, no worries. I can just, you know, da, da, da. and he's like, no, you know what? I'll just make you the tea and you can, you know, have it for free. I'm like, Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. <clears throat> and then I get back and I'm like, did you see that? And they were like, Oh my gosh, like he's in love with you. And I'm like, what? And they're like, uh, can, can't you see he was like giving you the doomy eyes and like, uh, quote unquote, yeah, our machine is broken. Like BS, Chris. And I was like, oh, I didn't even notice. So that was kind of funny because they, <laughs> I guess he thought that I was with them as like their gay best friend. Because of course, like of course, how else can you describe me with two girls, just us three? Of course I'm, you know, and I'm probably, you know, I'm probably acting, acting gay or, or you know, whatever in a gaydar way nothing wrong with it <clears throat> but whatever it's so funny because oh here's another funny date experience i'm just gonna i'll just you know what we'll just go, <laughs> go through all the all of chris's dates remember i'm never so if i have any ex-girlfriends out there ex-lovers here's my here's my oath to you i'll never talk badly about you i'll never criticize you i'll never whatever um, but I will indulge the audience into my, um, all of my ah, dates and stuff. So I'm with a girl. Let's call her, oh, let's call her Ashton because that is her real name. 
<laughs> so this is like the, this is, I moved to Austin in June, I think, you know, and then after a couple of weeks, so I'm on Tinder and I match with this girl and she is gorgeous. She's so pretty. She's also six foot or like six foot one. She played basketball in college and she's taller than me. And she's just, she has this great smile and we get along like so well. Um, the first thing like she says is I'm wearing these glasses. You go, Ooh, very fashionable. And I'm like, uh, thank you. And I just, I just, I think I just say you're like, you're absolutely gorgeous. She was in blue jeans and a white crop top. Um, her, um, her stomach, her midriff was showing and she was like in shape and she had a great figure <laughs> and, um, <laughs> we were, we, our first date, we talked for like two hours, no, three hours straight. And we'd like did this like funny thing where, um, she pretended to be like a princess and I was interviewing her as like the princess of this like country. And I'm like, so what's it like to be a, like a real princess? And she's like, Oh, da, da, da. it was so much fun. We got on super, super well. <clears throat> we go on a second date on the second date. I'm like, all right, I've heard this ramen place is really good. Let's go get ramen. And then I tell her I was in Japan. Da, da, da. <clears throat> and again, we're like really vibing like really, really well on the second date. <clears throat> you know what she says to me? She, um, I think we, like the first date we established our terms, like, Hey, we're both looking for, you know, something serious, not to just, you know, mess around. Second date <clears throat> we're talking and I'm like, I think the topic of like marriage or fam family comes up and she out of the blue says we would have, we would make really great kids. Second date, we would make great kids. Now I don't know about you, <clears throat> But when, as a guy, you're on a second date with a girl that you only met once before, tells you that your kids with her would look great as she's like smiling and looking in your eyes. I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty green light sign that she's probably, she likes you. Anyways, I say that because fast forward to the third date, <clears throat> third date, we keep getting on great. By the way, I'm paying for all these fucking dates. <laughs> Each every time it's like a hundred fucking dollars and the third date the third date I do a show in I think I was like in Houston <clears throat> I drive from Houston back to Austin that's what I don't know three hours or so and I'm like exhausted I'm like I still like I still want to see you let's go out and so I meet her at a convenient location for her because I'm a great guy and then on the third date I guess I and then again I pay for this bill then you know hundred dollars now for fucking and then she goes, you know what? I think it would be, I think, you know, we should just be friends. And I'm like, get the, okay, all right, great. Ugh. And I'm like, I don't know what switched. I don't know what switched. When you go from a second date and she tells you, hey, I think our kids will look really, really great. And the third date, she goes, let's be friends. I'm like, how about I just start slowly removing my scrotum from my body so I can just feel something for once. <laughs> I want my scrotum removed slowly, no anesthesia, with a knife so I can finally just feel something. Oh my God. Um, so I just said, you know what? Okay, that's understandable. Honestly, you know, I'm not looking 
for girls to be friends with. I have a lot of girls who are friends, <laughs> which probably makes me seem very gay, which is okay. But um, I'm just, yeah. She's like, we can go drinking and stuff. And I'm like, no. Whew. So yeah, friend zoned by the gorgeous Ashton. Then what else happened? Did I go on another one? Oh yeah, and then I went on a, so then I found this other girl whose name is, <laughs> I'm not gonna say it really, should I say it really? <laughs> yeah, her name is Kathleen. <laughs> Which, by the way, is the name of my first girlfriend. And again, I don't speak badly of my exes, but my first ex did stab me with a knife twice on two different occasions. This is a very true story. Um, <laughs> so immediately I was like, oh, cool, another one. But this Kathleen was great. She was actually really um, nice and sweet and kind. She's a... Um, She's a nurse. She has, you know, an established life. I think she's 35, which, hey, that's awesome because that's <laughs> usually what I've been going for. Um, and then, um, yeah, I just don't, we, ah, we got on really well. We went to a comedy show and then, um, like, she's like, let's do this again. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And then she goes to New Orleans for, I guess a week or so. And then we keep on like trying to meet up and she's like, I'm busy. And I go, I'm busy that time. And we just never worked it out. And then I, we just eventually stopped talking, but that's okay. <sighs> Lord. And that was, you know, and ever since then, it's just been nothing and nothing and nothing. Um, and then a couple of, couple of what I thought were green lights that turned into yellow lights, but whatever, whatever. So, Gosh, I don't know what to do, man. This podcast is fun to do, I guess, <clears throat> even though nobody listens to it. <clears throat> Maybe it's just the, this is just my way of going to therapy because therapy is great, but it is so expensive, out of pocket. And the kind of therapy I need is not the kind of therapy that regular people who go to therapy need. Like people who are like, oh, I go see a therapist, you know, once every other week. I think that's the normal thing to do. And that's a great thing to do. People who go once a week, that's also really good. Um, for the longest time, when, when I was in Chicago, I went like once a week. <laughs> um, but I, <laughs> I am somebody who needs to go once a day. I need a therapist every, I, for like two hours. If, I mean, to really uncover the the trauma and the the uh, thoughts in my head, uh, it's it's and it's always from your past. Of course, everything's from your past, and everything is from this, from the anxiety of from your past and what's gonna happen and what you fear and all that stuff. Um, in order for therapy to be worth it, it has to be every day, and it has to be two hours a day. First of all, what therapist is gonna sign up to see me two hours a day? Monday through Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give him Sunday off. You, you can have Sunday off, my friend. Um, but yeah. Secondly, you know, you know these, these are psychologists. These are people who have gone to a lot of school to be able to give the advice and the breathing techniques that they know of and the book recommendation. I don't know. <clears throat> but, you know, 
they, I mean, you're charging what, $125 an hour, and this is out of pocket, right? So what is that? $250 a day times six. That's a thousand. One, that's $1,500 a week. Okay. <laughs> that's three. That is six grand a month. And I think my math is on that. Six grand a month just to just to go back to equilibrium. <laughs> I see therapy as, as as a debt, meaning like if you're in debt, you have to work to pay off that debt. And once your debt is paid off, you're at zero, right? You're not in a surplus until your debt is all paid off. So to me, that's, you know, <laughs> that's what therapy is. It's going every day <laughs> for, uh, so that's why I'm doing this. We're at 53 minutes right now. And I'm loving it because this is my only, this is my only outlet. <clears throat> and if you're listening to this in a car, I just encourage you to keep in the, in the lane you're in, right? Don't go off the road. Don't kill everyone. Just imagine that you are literally one decision. Just one, take your two hands and just veer to the left as fast as you can. Hold that, accelerate. And you, you, that's it. That's it. You're, you're dead. You've probably killed some other people, but if you're that desperate to end it all, <clears throat> that's all it takes, right? Wow, Chris, that was morbid. Where'd that come from? Um, the fact that I don't go to fucking therapy every day for two hours a day. <laughs> Spending a dime on my little counter here. <clears throat> so let me give you the context of what it's like. When you pursue your dreams, oh, you want to be an actor, a performer, a writer? Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Look at all you're doing. It's like, yeah, here's the thing. It's like, this is Saturday at five o'clock. It's five o'clock PM, it's 4.55 PM. It's a Saturday, it's a beautiful day outside. The only thing I've done today is go to the gym. I don't have anywhere to go, okay? I'm not gonna go and spend money on a dinner and drinks for myself when I can just cook chicken and rice at home. Ugh, even though I fucking drank myself to oblivion a few nights ago, but that's another story. So it's just frustrating. It's like the, the only, it's like, you gotta put yourself out there. I don't leave my house. I don't leave my house. I feel like Kevin from the office. Kevin, if you want a date, you gotta put yourself out there. But I don't leave my house. Which is true. Like, why even leave your house anymore? <clears throat> I don't know. So, to Ashton, we're going we're to devote this podcast to Ashton. Ashton, if you're listening to this, which you're not, and you probably never will, just know that I think you're great. And if I was four inches taller, I would love to <laughs> talk to you again. But now I'm just looking for a little Filipino girl. A little Japanese girl, a Korean, a Chinese girl, Taiwanese, Indonesian. <sighs> maybe that's <clears throat> maybe that's the cure for all of our happiness is Asia. Like if you've met people who have been to Asia or have lived in Asia, they're just nicer people. Like the reputation of Asians of being like nice and polite. Like, yeah, it's true and it's good. It's like, why wouldn't you want that quality in a person? Like America is so, like American culture. If you think of like 
you know, rats and subways and street fights and people killing each other and arguing over nothing and getting upset over CVS workers when they're like, hey, miss, you got to put on my... I'm not putting on no man. I'm an American bird or bird. I'm, an, I'm a bird. <laughs> my name is Big Bird, right? None of that happens in... Dude, it's so funny. When I was in Japan, it's at a doctor's office in a waiting room, and they're... The news was on, and they were showing clips of when Trump was president. <laughs> he was giving, like, a, I think, like, a press conference or a rally or something. And there were subtitles, and I was just looking at the people in the waiting room, and they were looking at the TV like they were looking at dinosaurs. They're like, what is this? This is so not polite or whatever. You know what I mean? Because <clears throat> being polite and being, like, a member of society <clears throat> is so valued in Japan. And it works there, you know, <clears throat> like that's how that country is so efficient and so good because it's all so clean. It's all so organized. Everybody follows the rules. <clears throat> you don't have to look over your shoulder all the time, right? You don't have to look at your shoulder at all. I remember like <clears throat> talking to women who were in Japan who were from the West and they would always go on walks at night alone, headphones in, headphones whatever, because like that's the only time in their life where they could do that. Because in Japan you can do that. Like <clears throat> we were kind of in like a, I was living in like a small, well, just like, just kind of like off, off uh, set of the city, you know, like big city. And that's like a 30 minute train ride. And that's where we were, right? And it's in this little kind of quote unquote village at night, man. You know, <clears throat> when the sun goes down, I would, you know, girls, women would be walking just at like 10, 11 o'clock at night, midnight, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Drinking. And you can also like drink with an open container and it's just like, oh my gosh. And they love that because that's the only time in their life where they could do that. <clears throat> Whew, this is the most words I have said <laughs> probably all year. My God. We're hitting about 58 minutes right now, man. What else should I be talking about? What else do you people want me to say? Your package is on a map, and it's 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock Saturday night. Here's the deal. <clears throat> um, I wish all of you the best. I love each and every one of you, except the ones I don't love. Goodbye. <laughs>